This is the podcast, Putting on a Coat of Colors. This podcast is a community storytelling project of Coat of Colors, a council of Cathedral of Hope, United Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. Our hope is that this podcast will make room for persons of color and their white allies who are both gay and straight to tell their joys and frustrations, to tell their sense of belonging and their sense of exclusion, to celebrate our uniqueness to the larger community and celebrate our commonalities, and to invite members of the larger community to join in this purpose. Thank you for listening. Now let's get started. In part one of this conversation, we turn the microphone around on the producer of the podcast, Code of Colors member Darnell sits down with Thomas to ask about what he's seen and heard from the interviews so far, and what he sees as a straight white ally who is in an interracial marriage, and how being noticed as a marginalized person, even when the comment is meant as a compliment, is still awkward and maybe means more to the one who's doing the noticing. We also want to apologize for how badly Tom's office chair needs a spray of WD-40. His squeaky chair is a bit noisy. Hi, Darnell. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm all right. Good. You know, this first time, how does it feel being on the other side of this right now? Um, awkward. Awkward? Awkward. Yeah, because, uh, you know, the as a project, I mean, I haven't been on either side of it. I've been listening. Okay. Right, and so being on the being on this side, I've been wanting to hear and wanting to absorb. And mm-hmm. so I think that's the weird part is like, do I have something to say? Yeah. Do you have something to say? I mean, I feel like you probably a lot of things open your eyes. So what was the most um, thing that shocked you the most about listening in on other people's conversation? I think that the thing that surprises me most is um, just how, I don't want to say truthful, but just how free people have felt to say what they really mean. Um, When we interviewed the three white allies, Mm -hmm. it didn't take long for them to really start telling what the truth was about how they were scared. Mm-hmm. Or how they, you know, they wanted to contribute, but they weren't sure how, and were they stepping into somebody else's world? And 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 I was, you know, I'm sitting back watching the three of them talk, going, yeah, 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 that's true, that's right. Um, listening to uh, the stories that people tell of of being, you know, and this is kind of a trite way of saying it, but being a marginalized community inside of a marginalized community, mm-hmm. and one would think. Um, that that wouldn't one who is a straight white ally wouldn't think that that would be a thing that would happen. Mm-hmm. But as I have come to learn in planning for these podcasts and then actually doing them, is that white people are white people first, right? And then they're gay, or then they're you know uh, socioeconomically you know depressed or something like that. But white people always white people first. And that's the thing I think that's really kind of really grabbed me. Okay. So when you say white people are white people first, so explain that a little bit more in your eyes from what you heard and, you know, what made you think that way. 
I, 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 I think what I noticed was that the, the, the mostly white leadership of the church and the mostly white makeup of the church, that this is, and, and to be fair, this is the most racially diverse church that I've ever been to in 30 mm-hmm. years. Okay, and the thing that I love saying about Cathedral of Hope is that up until this church, I'd, I'd been hired by the church. Mm-hmm. They picked me, and then I joined. Mm-hmm. This is the first church that I picked mm-hmm. for myself. And then, you know, and it was, it was uh, Cass said that, that her first Sunday visiting there, she looked at the, at the room and saw same-sex couples and people of color and, and said, this must be what heaven is like. Wow. Okay, so it, it, despite that, it's still a predominantly white church, like our right. culture is, right? And so, um, when when it you, you know most people in this church are LGBTQIA plus, mm-hmm. most you know, and then there's you know Cass and I and some other people, but mm-hmm. um, they have been used to um, being you know, on the margins in this culture. They've been used to, that's been the thing that's happened for them. Um, but they always, the the white members of this church, as I've been hearing and I've been noticing, claim their whiteness, mm-hmm. that they claim their privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, better, and again, better than most places, but it still kind of exists. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and, and that's what I've been hearing for in these in these podcasts. Is I've been hearing people of color talk about how frustrating it is that there's still some exclusionary things. There's mm-hmm. still some things that makes them feel like we're not exactly allowed. We're right. not Barriers. exactly encouraged. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So then you must have felt some kind of barriers when you came in, thinking about you know. I can imagine that you felt like, do I belong here, or did you just feel like you were, you belong? I, you know, it's funny because um, if I felt that way, it was my own. It was. It wasn't because of what, what other people were putting down. Okay. Okay. It wasn't because people were, you know, that once discovered that I was, you know, that I was a straight ally in this place. Um, it wasn't like there was some sort of side eye. There wasn't any, mm-hmm. any sort of exclusionary things, right? There was the new stuff. This is a new guy, right? Mm-hmm. But there was never a sense, and even to now, it's one of the things that's beautiful about this church is I'm just a member, just like everybody else. Right. Right. So, no, I never felt, I never felt that sense. Okay. Okay, that, that oh, it's a straight person in our world. Mm-hmm. It was just, look, here's another child of God. Okay. That's what I've, I've felt there almost always. So. Yeah. So that means so I can understand that. So, but if you are talking to straight of uh, the allies uh-huh. of the church, and then you're talking to the black communities of the church, uh-huh. there, there's got to be some kind of disconnect that you probably observed or. Yeah. Know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I think there there's some. Um, what was the major? What is the major thing that you noticed that stuck out like a sore thumb? A sore thumb that you was like, why don't the white get it? You know, right, right. I, you know, I think, I think sometimes it's the language. 
that's being the the I, I've I've seen and heard some microaggressions happen, mm-hmm. um, both to me at some, okay, okay, um, at me as a straight ally, and observing what happens with with people of color in our church, as mm-hmm. I see sometimes I see some little microaggressions, sometimes I see um, I, I I would say that that a couple of times I have felt. I've seen and felt a look from from gay couples looking at Cassandra and I. And I can't tell because Cassandra is a woman of color mm-hmm. and I'm a white person. I can't tell if the side eye is because we're straight or it's because she's black or it's because you we're in that territory. We're, yeah, we're moving in that ter- yeah, we're moving into that territory. Mm-hmm. So but again, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna claim that it, it doesn't happen a lot. Mm-hmm. It certainly doesn't happen to the same degree that it happens out in in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Is that we will get side eye in a restaurant? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it does. You know, it doesn't have the a story we had. She was. We we went to. A, we traveled to Austin to go to a concert, and we were staying in a hotel, and we walked in together, and we're laughing. We're being a couple, right? Mm-hmm. And so she steps up first because she's the one that made the reservation. And she steps up first and, you know, it says, okay, well, your room is here. And then they look at me, and you, sir? Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm with her. Mm-hmm. And the awkwardness was, you know, then ensued, right? Right. And I was like, oh, 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 oh but of course. I'm sorry. Of course I do like mm-hmm. that. So I see it more out in the culture. And, and I'll say I'm probably... Since, since meeting, falling in love, and marrying this person, I think maybe my radar's on a little too high. I think mm-hmm. I may be seeing things that aren't there. Mm-hmm. Okay, both in the way that she is treated and the way that we as a couple are treated. So, do you think you uh, being more sensitive, or are you just now realizing what a person of color goes through? Both. Okay. Both and. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and that's, that's been the, um, that's been the, the, the continuing lesson, Mm -hmm. right? And that's, and that's a lesson that's not going to stop. No, no. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and have I, you know, have I been in a place where, where I've wanted to, you know, step up to the white person that's been glaring and go, Mm -hmm. what, what are you looking at? Mm -hmm. Is there something wrong? Right, mm. um, the the urge to do that's a little overwhelming, mm. and but I'm learning that um, I, I would that would be my privilege, that would be my white privilege to get up and go get in somebody's face, mm-hmm. right? Because a black person couldn't do a that. black person couldn't do that. Yeah, right? without being they would already be victimized. They would always exactly right exactly yeah okay yeah and so what I you know, one of the lessons is. Sit here, and it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Don't don't step over. Be with each other. You know, lock eyes with each other. Talk with each other. Don't let that you know. Don't let that stuff get to you. The thing that hasn't happened yet, and and um, next month will be the fifth anniversary that we met. The thing that hasn't yet hasn't happened yet is there hasn't been something overt. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been somebody who's come up. The overt you know come up and said. You know what are you doing with this person or whatever? Mm-hmm. It's been 
the microaggressions. It's been the mistaken, you know, the white person assuming that we're not together. Mm-hmm. You know, the white person behind the hotel counter that's assuming we're not together. Um, the overt things that happen, which I'm still not sure what to make of it. The overt things that happen are people that come up and tell us how cute we are or how mm-hmm. sweet it is that we're together. Mm-hmm. Um, that that That's happened. And I don't know what to make of that. Because Is it because you just ready for like the <laughs> the conflict like you know because y'all together because that's what you're expecting the world to teach you as or I, I don't know that I'm expecting the conflict that's a really that's really interesting no I don't think that I'm expecting the conflict I just don't know what to make of it and part of it okay I I think that some nice white people are trying to go out of their way Mm-hmm. to be to prove I want to prove to you that I'm a nice person yeah. I want to prove to you that I'm a good person you can be my friend mm-hmm. okay you can be my and like and I think that's what it is okay I think it's I think it's you don't know if they're being truthful you don't or, I think or, they are I just think they're being awkward okay okay I just think they're being that they want to say something and it was like it would be okay and this is the the new learning for me it would be okay if you just sat over there and smiled Mm-hmm. That'd be just fine. That would work just great. You don't need to come over and tell us how awesome it is that we're mm-hmm. together. Okay. Right. Okay. So and I and I have seen this happen with with gay friends, both before I came to Cathedral and and, and since I've seen people come up to. I just think it's so sweet that y'all are a couple. <laughs> yeah. Like it was like what was wrong with sitting over where you were or standing where you were and just smiling. Right. Okay. Or waving and saying hi. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. We're good. So I don't know what to make of it sometimes. It was like, you're here talking to us and saying something sweet for you. Right. It's not for, for us. Because we, you know y'all cute. Yeah, we, 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 already, know. we already know that we're pretty okay. adorable. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, and when I say, I know that we're adorable, Cass is immediately saying, and we're humble. Right. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so wait a minute. So you, it seems like you're saying that that's on the white side of yeah. the people. Do you get any of that on the other side? Like, do black people stare at y'all? Do, do occasionally do yeah. uh, do any of them them come up and say, uh, "Y'all make a cute couple" or anything like that? So I mean, no, 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 no. Now side eye, yes, side yes. Um, in fact, there's a there's a particular incident where. We went to a, a restaurant after a date. We we went to a an outdoor ice lights kind of thing, and we went to a place, and there were mostly people of color in the restaurant, right? And I was getting a little bit of stare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was. I, I don't, or maybe both of us were, but I was getting a little bit. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but no, has anybody come up? Has has a black person come up and said that we're like white people do and mm-hmm. say we're cute or it's really sweet to see us that way no they'll say it if we interact naturally mm-hmm. something might get said okay yeah yeah okay yeah mm-hmm. but not not so much you know coming up like white people trying to prove themselves mm-hmm. that they're you know look at me I'm a good progressive I'm a good person okay. I'm on your side <laughs> and I know this because that's what I used to do really yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah both both with people of color and with gay people. Okay. Yeah. As I'm on your side. You can trust me. I'm mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. to exercise my white privilege to protect you from the bad people and to mm-hmm. give you, like, and it would just be fine if you just smiled. 
Okay. You just waved or did nothing. So have you learned that? Is that, that you, do you uh, react to gay or people of color differently now versus before you were yeah. married to oh, yeah. Sandra? Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah. I, the different is is the head nod. It's, okay. So, how's it going? Good to see it. You know, yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. That's like, I'm trying to make it that way. Okay. Yeah. But I'm also, and um, alert podcast listeners, I'm also a dork. I'm a big dork, and I love people, and I have conversations with strangers. Right. I do it all the time. Yeah. I look for something to compliment a person on, no matter who they are, mm-hmm. and just say, man, that look, those clothes look great on you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or you look like you're just really ruling the world today. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to this edition of Putting on a Coat of Colors. This podcast is a community storytelling project of Coat of Colors, a council of Cathedral of Hope, United Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. Cathedral of Hope is the largest predominantly LGBTQIA congregation in the world. Our church has a strong community presence and global reach through its online ministry. We self-identify as a church that is progressive, inclusive, and social justice-minded. You can find out more about Cathedral of Hope at www.cathedralofhope.com. In the mission statement of Code of Colors, we assert that, through faith, hope, and love, Code of Colors is a council for all people that seeks to decrease the cultural divide and increase a multicultural presence in the church and the community. You can find out more about the outreach programs of this group by searching Code of Colors on Facebook. That's spelled C-O-L-O-U-R-S. And request to join the group.